0: Welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola.
1: Welcome to episode 30. Today, I'm joined by an amazing woman, Ashley, who is the founder of Zuri Zunani Foundation in Kenya she joins us today to speak about her journey and also her foundation to connect with her you can reach her on Instagram at Zuri Zunani Foundation her details would also be in the show notes so welcome Ashley and thank you for coming on the show today thank
0: you to all I'm very uh, humbled to be here
1: thank you yay so we always start off and say tell us a little bit about yourself
0: hmm Okay. Um, as Ola has introduced, my name is Ashley. I am a mom and a wife. Uh, I'm a mom of two, one in heaven. and um, Thank you. I'm um, a peer and uh, communications uh, personnel by profession. And I have a foundation called Zurin Zilani Foundation that is a foundation that creates awareness on preeclampsia, prematurity, and infant loss. Preeclampsia is a condition in pregnancy characterized by high blood pressure and protein in urine. So yeah, that's me. Yay, thank you.
1: So you talked about the foundation and what you do. How did the foundation come about?
0: Um, So Um, I got pregnant in uh, 2017 Mm -hmm. and uh, my pregnancy was was pretty good until the seventh month when I began swelling and um, on my face and my hands. And I just thought it's normal pregnancy symptoms, but I didn't know that I'm actually going through a very deadly pregnancy related condition. So I went to the hospital near where I stay and they took my BP and it was extremely high. The nurse even asked me, how are you walking? You know, because your BP is very, very high. So I remember the doctor telling me we have to deliver the baby right now because uh, your BP can affect your baby. So I didn't listen to him. I said, let me seek another second opinion. And I went into a different hospital. And when I was there, the hospital said they can't even release me. The BP is very high. They immediately put me on uh, high blood pressure medication. And my one-month stay in the hospital began at that point. So um, I came to learn that um, going through a condition in pregnancy known as preeclampsia that I have explained, which is uh, caused by high blood pressure and protein in urine. The symptoms are your, your face swells, your hands swells, you feel dizzy, um, you get a lot of headaches, you feel very, very tired and uh, less, less uh, urine output. So I was in hospital for a month and the condition got so bad that my organs started failing. Oh, wow. So the doctors were like, uh, we cannot hold you anymore because they wanted at least for me to reach 34 weeks, but yeah. I was unable to. So they had to deliver me at 30 weeks. So at 30 weeks, I, I underwent a C-section and I gave birth to baby Zuri who was 1.2 kgs. And uh, thereafter, uh, baby Zuri was taken to the Neonatal Intensive Care Unit. So the Neonatal Intensive Care Unit handled sick babies and also premature babies, yeah? Mm -hmm. So um, Zuri was in the NICU for quite a long time. She really struggled with a lot of uh, prematurity, Uh, complications. She had a a condition called neck that affected her intestines that spiraled into other things like uh, bacterial infection. She had a bleed in the brain. She had uh, countless uh, blood transfusions. So she was a very sick uh, baby. Unfortunately, uh, after 49 days of life, she succumbed to neck and it was a very dark uh, period in uh, my life and the life of my partner, um, it was very, very difficult. You know, um, usually what happens, you you don't bury your child as a parent. Mm -hmm. Your children are the ones that bury you.
1: Right.
0: But in this case, now you're thinking about doing a burial for such a small child. So it was a very painful season for both of us. And I really didn't want to get pregnant again in fact, I put every single measure to ensure that I will not get pregnant again. But I got pregnant again. <laughs> after like three three months after the, the burial, I got pregnant again. And uh, now I started the whole journey of of pregnancy with a lot of uh with a lot of medication. You know, in my first pregnancy, the doctor had said um they don't want me to get pregnant at least for two years. So that I can heal, mm-hmm. my wound can heal, and also mentally, I can be ready to have another baby. Yeah. And also do a lot yeah. of preconception care, bearing the fact that I was, I underwent a very severe preeclampsia. So um, I went on with my pregnancy. This exact same moment, preeclampsia setting in the previous pregnancy, it's setting uh, in this now pregnancy. At seven months, oh, wow. I began now experiencing the same symptoms of preeclampsia. So um, I remember at 30 weeks, I went in to the doctor, the BPs were misbehaving and the doctor realized that my baby had stopped growing at 26 weeks. So that means they have to do an emergency C-section. So he was preparing me for a C-section the other week because that was on a Monday. So I was being prepared for a C-section on Tuesday the other week. So on Friday and Saturday of that same week, I was given uh, injections to mature the lungs of the baby. Uh, Thereafter, on Sunday, we were just relaxing with my husband in the house and we wanted to go for shopping, but I was feeling like um, I'm in labor. You know, I feel that pain. I feel like my pressure is a bit high. I had a pressure machine at home and when I checked it, it was pretty, pretty high. So I just told my husband, I think maybe this machine has a malfunction. We can go to the nearest hospital and just check my BP before we go to the supermarket. So when we are in the car, I felt like uh, I'm peeing, you know, and I told my husband and we joked about it. Uh, I said, I think my water just broke and we just laughed about it and we were like okay maybe you'll check once you get out of the car so when I stepped out of the car and I looked down because I had very dark pants when I looked down blood was coming out it was dripping Uh you know so I was seriously seriously bleeding um I went in Um, I called my doctor and uh, my husband called my doctor and explained everything that is happening. The doctor gave instructions to the resident doctor to give me two injections and put me uh, in in an ambulance to go to one of our main hospitals, in Kenya. So um, it was pretty bad during the surgery because uh, when they removed the baby, the baby had already flatlined. So she, she had already lost quite an amount of oxygen. So she had to be resuscitated uh, back to life. So I gave birth to a baby who was less than a kg. She was 975 grams. And um, my experience uh, after that, she went through the NICU phase. Definitely it was horrifying to see her go through the same thing that my previous baby went through. And both of us, we didn't Mm -hmm. have enough faith because we just thought maybe let's not invest so much of our emotions in, in this baby because she might actually pass on you know because mm. she was extremely tiny very very tiny but thankfully uh, the baby um overcame she's achieving her milestones and she's almost turning two years in january actually that's amazing um, she's my little miracle baby Uh, but the whole experience of having preeclampsia for me uh i'm in a place where i can be able to access technology i can be able to read about it yeah but i really didn't know that there's a pregnancy complication like that all of us think that pregnancy is bliss that you just get a baby and give birth uh and it's like a natural experience But people don't realize that pregnancy is not a natural experience. There are people who really struggle getting pregnant. There are people who struggle with pregnancy itself and go through very difficult um, pregnancies. So I decided to start a foundation that is going to create awareness about this particular condition that is actually becoming very rampant here in Kenya. And a lot of women are dying. In fact, yesterday I was hearing a story of another lady who lost her life uh, because of preeclampsia, mm-hmm. uh, and the doctors didn't know how best to take care of her, and unfortunately, she lost her baby, uh, she lost um, her life, but the baby survived. So um, for me, it's to create awareness, to offer support, to offer training. Yeah. To moms uh, and also healthcare workers to know how best to treat women with uh, high risk pregnancies such as um, preeclampsia. So that's where the foundation stemmed from.
1: Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's such an amazing story. And again, I'm sorry about your loss. Um, Thank you we are so thankful for your miracle baby that's just so amazing to think that she went through all of that and uh, she's yeah. here today doing well so that's really a miracle yeah. and it's gr- it's great as well how you started the foundation because again i do i'm familiar with that condition in terms of it's quite you keep seeing it all over the internet and people uh women dying from it i used yeah. to think like I said that swelling of your feet or swelling of the hands were normal, right? Because people say, oh, well, it happens in pregnancy." So I never realized that there's potentially an issue associated with that, and so it's yeah. good that uh, your foundation is uh, raising more awareness about that. Thank you. So you said that you do training. Uh, so you train healthcare workers and moms.
0: Yeah, at the you moment, train women. In- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah so what we do we attend um, antenatal clinics and give talks to women who are pregnant yeah about um, the danger signs and how to we don't go deep into the medical stuff but as a layman would make you understand something that's how we explain it to moms and we also go to moms in the informal settlement area
1: okay
0: and talk to them as well
1: That's wonderful. And is this done only in person, or do you
0: also do sometimes online, virtually? Um, I do also online, virtually. There's a group uh, called Cesarean Moms. Here in Kenya, it's a group of 86,000 women um, that have gone through uh, C-section. So we do videos there. I have done uh, videos just to uh, educate women also. On preeclampsia, I've done a lot of medical health uh, talks on TV and print media in our, in our local TV stations as well as uh, magazines and also the digital because 2020 has been quite crazy and yeah. having one connection uh, has proven to be a bit difficult. But on the digital front, uh, that's what we are doing mostly, uh, creating content and uh, sharing content that will educate
1: uh, people. Sounds great. So now people you, people all over the world can access your training and uh, even online and virtually without well, yes.
0: being in Kenya. Yes, we actually have a campaign, which is a lifelong campaign called Check Check Campaign. And it's a video uh, of the signs and symptoms, how you can be able to identify what you need to do who is more susceptible to get preeclampsia. So the video is very elaborate.
1: Okay. And
0: we con- constantly uh, like share that video. So anyone else who is not in Kenya can be able to access it and learn about uh, this condition.
1: Okay. And is that available as well on social media like Instagram and... Yes, it Facebook. is available on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, perfect. So we'll also be sharing that on our page just to... So- help raise awareness.
0: Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. So in your opinion, what role do you think that culture, cultural norms play in how people respond to their diagnosis of uh, pre-attentive? Uh, assume that people must have certain um, cultural beliefs of what it means or what could potentially be happening if that happens to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I just meant- wonder if you've uh, had that conversation.
0: Yeah, I've definitely had that conversation with uh, women and it's pretty unfortunate how the society has um, put a lot of pressure on women, you know? Uh, Pregnant women, you lose a child, there's pressure. You get a child, there's pressure. You get a child who uh, has a bit of issues, there's pressure, you know, that there is a notion that uh, women who give birth prematurely have aborted babies before. You know, and that's what people, uh, the society mm-hmm. and some people tend to believe that um, they've, they've gone through countless abortions, so you're not able to hold a baby for long, yeah? Um, things like a bad eye, you know, when you swell, the swelling, and the abnormal swelling, because at times you even turn very, very dark, right. you know? So we see women uh, saying that someone has looked at you badly and it's witchcraft. You call it juju, 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 or voodoo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So, like a bad eye, you know. Um, some uh say some even opt to go for herbal treatment. You know, mm-hmm. and herbal treatment cannot help you when the the person doesn't know. You know, preeclampsia is still a mystery. Yeah scientists are still researching as to the reason why it is occurring in the body. Yes, they've linked it to the placenta, but it's not still, um, it's a gray area. So when right. you go to a herbalist and, and get medication for preeclampsia, it makes me wonder because he can't give you something that maybe he doesn't understand. So those are the cultural um, issues that are uh, surrounding pregnancy, Uh, complications and in in this sense, now preeclampsia and how women are being treated out there in the communities.
1: Right. And since you've started your foundation and you've been going out and creating awareness, um, what impact do you think your foundation has been able to make in terms of changing some of these
0: cultural norms and beliefs? Um, I will credit that to awareness. I would say awareness, because right now, even in Kenya, we don't have uh, a word for preeclampsia. Yeah. we just right. know pressure. If someone says pressure, you will understand okay. what uh, the person is saying. But um, people didn't actually realize that this is a deadly condition, that you can actually die from it. Yeah. Hmm. When we come out and, and talk to people and change their minds that, you know, this is actually a problem that uh, needs to be treated, you know. So, awareness has been uh, really key for us to really speak out and let everyone know from every class. Uh, right. Everyone should know about uh, this particular condition. And that uh, ends up changing the perceptions of how people think or thought maybe this particular condition or someone who exhibits the symptoms are going through.
1: Right. And, and I'm sure that, I mean, here in Nigeria, when you have people that experience um, um, recurrent loss or people that have, uh, like you noted, people might associate certain pregnancy um, outcomes uh, to mean that maybe the woman did something bad in the past, or you know she was having a lot of um, abortions. You know, it's just an assumption. Uh, it's not actually reality, but that's what people think. So, in terms of, and so because of that, people might uh, have certain practices that they do. So, if someone, for example, has a loss one uh, often, they might have certain rituals that they might want to do to be to help prevent this from happening again in the future. So uh, I'm not sure if you have such practices in Kenya that people might have been doing for uh, people that have experienced uh, pre-eclampsia or people that have had um, uh, premature babies. So uh, I'm just wondering if if we do have such practices and if they've been able to change people's mindsets in not having to do that going forward.
0: Um... I can't say definitively um, I know of a case, mm-hmm. but uh, according to how we, especially in the informal sector, yeah. how we, when, when we do our talks, yeah? Yeah. That is what we hear, that uh, you will go to be prayed for. You know, your child has to be sanctified. Your womb has to be sanctified. You need to take this for your womb to be sanctified. You know, so I would I would still say, we still have a very long way to go in terms of changing the perception. And that's why for us creating uh, awareness is really key. But mm-hmm. uh, we still have a very long way uh, to go in terms of changing the perceptions of, of people.
1: Right, but so it's one step yeah. at a time. And you what you're doing so far is great in creating awareness and just letting people be to be aware. And even the healthcare workers, to know yeah. that when they see those symptoms, to act quickly in helping to treat the um, mother to prevent any further complications. Yes. Right. And if you, if someone is out there listening, um, what do you want them to know? What do you wish they knew about preeclampsia and the impact that it can have on women and uh, babies? Can
0: Kindly repeat. Okay.
1: Yeah. So what do you wish if someone is out there listening and what about preeclampsia, what would you want them to know what, what, what it is and the impact that it can have on women and babies?
0: Um, I would like to let uh, people know that preeclampsia is dangerous. Um, if you Mm -hmm. exhibit those symptoms, like the swelling, um, the the really puffy swelling on your hands, on your face, on your feet, you feel very dizzy, like you're having palpitations, your heart is beating very fast, you're having headaches, yeah? Yeah. It is very important for someone to go to the doctor. It is better for you to go and the doctor says there's nothing other than staying in the house and and just self-diagnosing, you know? If you have Mm -hmm. preeclampsia, it can be managed what we advocate is for early detection and treatment. And therefore, if you detect it early, you can be able to manage it and see how far you can go definitely with the uh, medication. Yeah. We also advocate for preconception care after you've, you've had like uh, like preeclampsia, yeah. Let's mm-hmm. say, give it, let me give an example of me, yeah. I would like to get pregnant in the next two years, but, I know right now, next year, it means I have to go and see a doctor. The doctor needs to do an, a, an, an analysis of how I am, if I'm ready to have a baby. If not, he can be able to advise me on what I'm supposed to do. Maybe I'll start taking uh, supplements to help me before I get pregnant now in 2022. Yeah. Right. So you, there needs to be a preconception care where you go to the doctor. If you've had a very, even a high risk pregnancy, you've had diabetes, you've had issues in your pregnancy. It is best to see a doctor first when you're planning to get pregnant. Don't go to the doctor after you've already get, gotten pregnant. It's good to go to a doctor before you get, uh, before you get pregnant. Um, the other thing is, for moms who are going through even prematurity, um, at times we ask a lot of questions: why this has happened, my body has failed me, and all these things. I would like to encourage women to to be strong. I know it is a different; uh, it is a very hard environment, and taking care of a premature baby can be can be expensive, can be um, you know you you segregate yourself because. A premature baby is more susceptible to get infections or other things that uh, a baby born uh, term cannot be able to get, yeah? So we are very extra protective of people even coming to our house and allowing visitors and things like that. But uh, I would really encourage moms to still remain strong, strong for themselves and strong for their babies. And if there's need be, it is good to see a therapist and speak to someone about uh, what you're going through And uh, speaking, sharing, something is like half-solved, yeah? Yeah. So you feel better about it. I would also like to encourage women out there to like Zorin Zilani Foundation page. Um, We are not awareness for everyone. So you would learn a lot even from the page, even if you're not from Kenya. So Mm -hmm. I would really encourage women to, to like our page too.
1: That's wonderful. We definitely want people coming on your page, going on your Instagram, on your Facebook and, uh, you know, liking, sharing it and creating more awareness because lots of people can be helped. And again, 2020 has showed us all the importance of having virtual, uh, training. So it's wonderful that you've also, uh, implemented that in your foundation and now people from all over the world can access your resources and training. So that's perfect. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for sharing so much wisdom. Um, If they had any quote or word of affirmation that has always helped you that you'd like to share?
0: Um, Keep moving. You know, when um, after the death of my baby, I felt like uh, I've lost myself. I can't say I am out of grieving because I still grieve my baby. There are days I still feel bad, but I will not um I said I'm not going to let myself break. I will keep moving. Yeah. Keeping keep moving doesn't mean I have forgotten my baby. I it means today I am down. Tomorrow I'll wake up and I will keep moving. So that's that's been uh my mantra to keep moving. Yeah.
1: yeah? Mm. I love it. Keep moving. That's so important, yeah. and we can all implement that in all our lives and keep thank moving. You. And if there's if there's a data is not so easy, then we do our best to get through it, and then hope for the better day the next day. So thank you so much True. for sharing that. One day at a time. Yes, one day at a time. Love it. So thank you so much, Ashley. You have been so. Um, in the information that you provided to us has been so valuable. Such an insightful session. So thank you so much for coming and sharing with us. It's important that we keep raising awareness about pregnancy complications and the impact that it can have on the women and the babies. So I'm really glad that you're doing such great work in Kenya and we'll be sharing your information and ensuring that it gets to all the parts of the world and even here in Nigeria as well, so we can also access your resources. So I'm sure that everyone listening has been inspired and uh, such an insightful session. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on here today, and we hope to uh, have you again in the near future.
0: Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you very much, Ola. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.